0: Hello, beloved ones. Welcome back to the Oh Beloved One podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Amanda Brown, the founder of Oh Beloved One. We're a blog, magazine, and podcast that seeks to help young women navigate the Christian life and take the next step on their path to knowing God more. So I'm so excited that you're here. So we are going to be in Ecclesiastes 9 today. I'm so excited. So there's actually only... 12 chapters of Ecclesiastes, I believe. Yes, there is. So I don't know. It's just, it's really cool when you get to something like the eighth one because I know a lot of times people are like, oh, we're going to do this series and they have good intentions, but you know, four or five after, they just kind of forget. So I always feel like it's a huge victory when I, you know, I'm close to completing a series or I do complete a series because it's easy to want to and to not. So we're going to be talking about Ecclesiastes 9 again. I hope you guys are having a great week. I usually post these on Sunday or Monday. Um, So who knows when you guys are listening. But um, I like to listen to podcasts as soon as they get out. Except actually, okay, I don't know about you guys. It's been weird recently. I go through phases. So right now I'm in this huge, like, Netflix phase. Last week I was in a big YouTube phase. I was watching this lady that I found, Darling Desi. She is just the sweetest. And so I was watching all of her videos, binge watching, and now I haven't watched her in a whole week. And it's not that I don't like her content anymore. It's just like I go in these weird phases. So anyway, I'll get in a podcast phase. I'll get in a music phase. I'll get in weird phases where like I haven't listened to a podcast and maybe Two weeks. It's just, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. Or I'll get in a weird mood where I'll try to play music, but all of it, I'm like, I don't like this. No. <laughs> I've listened to this before. I don't want to listen to this. So, anyway, maybe you guys are like me. Maybe you have weird, like, little inconsistencies like that. But anyway, all that to say, right now I'm on a Netflix kind of thing. So, if I'm looking for entertainment, it's going to be Netflix. It's not a podcast. It's not going to be YouTube. It's going to be netflix so let's hear what else last night i went over to a friend's house and we were out until one in the morning it was just it was so good we were planning on watching a movie but we ended up just having this really good talk and it was just it was just good adult talk you know like i was laughing with my friend today you know you're an adult when you can sit in a room for six hours and just talk like i remember as a kid seeing people doing that like the adults and i would be like That is so boring. How do they, why, why on earth would you want to talk to someone else for even over, you know, 10 minutes? And now I just love talking. I love talking to people. I love listening. I love, you just learn so much about people and you get into great discussions. I'm definitely a discusser. So let's discuss this. We're in Ecclesiastes. So why don't we just start out as usual with reading scripture and commenting on it. Psalms says, But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner, and he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. So, let's hear Solomon here. Basically, he's, I feel like he's taking inventory. He's just looking at all of his ponderings. He's looking at all all of his evidence. He does this about every, you know, like, two to three chapters. He kind of just gets in this, like, pit of despair again as, like, what is the purpose? Why am I doing all of this? Why why am I doing this if, you know, bad people get the same end as I do? And I was actually listening to, I was listening through some psalms the other day and I heard one and I thought, oh my goodness, I have to read this to the people listening to the podcast because there's this conflict in Ecclesiastes where you, it's just like the conflict between head knowledge and heart knowledge, you know? Like, I know God is good, I know he is just, I know he has a plan, but then you see, you know, good people getting sick. You see people dying before their time, children dying, and it's just like, why? So, Psalm 37 comments on this really nicely, and I mean, it makes sense because David is Solomon's dad, right? So, I think they were both extremely deep thinkers, more so than the average person. I would love to sit down with them and just chat about deep things because, they were, I mean, Solomon was the wisest man to ever live. So, um, it Psalm 37 is, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. For, or, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land of friend, faithfulness. Um, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Then it talks, again, fret not yourself over the one... Who prospers in his way over the man who carries out evil desires. And it just keeps going. I would encourage you guys to read Psalm 37, especially if you're just kind of struggling right now with feeling like, oh, why do I even bother doing good? You know, you would think, you would think there's this idea of karma. You know, if I do good things, then good things will happen to me, which like I've talked about this so often, I feel like, but define good, right? Good is things that bring us closer to God. Good is not necessarily comfortable, and honestly, most of the time, it's not comfortable. But um, I want to go back to the Ecclesiastes 9, where it's just, he just sounds so upset. He's like, this is an evil, and all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Um, also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil. And madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. I remember reading this last summer. And I was like, okay, this literally sums up the world right now. The hearts of the children of man are full of evil. And madness is in their hearts while they live. This is, this. is Let's unpack this a little. So the hearts of the children of man are full of evil. I don't know about you, but we look around at all the things that are going around right now, even in America. You know, it used to be like, oh, the things that are going on around like outside of America. America seemed pretty stable, but right now, I just, so if I can be honest with you guys, the other day I was at my my office building, and I was a front row witness to protesters attacking a woman. I was, you know, staying late, doing some overtime. Thankfully, my boss was there, but I they surrounded her car. They were shoving the car, beating on it, yelling at her. Um I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I'm I'm sure they were cussing at her. They eventually got her out of the car and shoved her to the ground, and I just it's just so eerie watching that. So so eerie. Because it's like you just see, you see that these people are full of evil and You know, there's always that initial period where you're like, why? Why are they doing this? Why? It doesn't even make logical sense. It's so mean, so cruel. Like, I'm all about, I'm a peacemaker, so I'm like, let's talk this out. Let's not even really hug because I'm not, I'm not like super emotional like that. But like, "Why, why, we can come to a solution, right? We don't have to push people's cars and shove them to the ground, my goodness, you know? But then I'm always, God is so good because as soon as I have that thought, he counters it with, I mean, what else do you expect? You know, he's like, this is the broken world. It's, it reminds me of that verse that says, you know, them we with open face as beholding in a glass. It's kind of a confusing verse, but I just have this beautiful image now. I didn't understand as a child, but it's like we all have a mirror. Okay, And we're all trying to look into the mirror and make sense of the reflection that we see. The problem is the mirror is cracked. Now, you know, our, each personal mirror, mirror is various levels of cracked. The good thing about the mirror is that it can be fixed. And as we grow closer and closer to God, the, the little dents in the mirror and the cracks lessen they weaken, the image becomes clearer and clearer, and therefore it also becomes more and more beautiful, and we're more and more able to make sense of the picture that we see in front of us. And that's that's literally what that verse is talking about when it says, we beholding as in a glass, that glass, it means a mirror. We're looking in a mirror trying to make sense of all of this, and so it, it makes sense. The world is cursed. We, we think of curses and you know Disney and cutesy fairy tales, but we actually live in a curse. Things are not perfect because Jesus is not here. And that's a sad thing that I find with hum- or like unsaved people because there's a, I work with a lot of really good people and I've met a lot of really good people here in California, but they just can't get over, like, why do people think this way? Why are they doing what they're doing? It doesn't make sense. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, like, it makes sense that it doesn't make sense because the world is much accursed And without people, or without God, people are, like this verse says, it says that madness is in their hearts while they live. Madness, that was the perfect word for last summer. Just absolute madness. I don't care what spectrum you are politically or with the virus. Let's not think about that right now. Just whatever side you are, you see the madness that's going on in our country and around the world. Sin has a way of twisting things and the deeper that people get in their sin, the more and more twisted they become and it's just so so sad. They just see things. They don't it's it's creepy honestly. It's like it's like Satan has put this fog over their eyes and they just can't even see straight. We see something and as a kid, so my school really, really made a big point on worldview. And as a kid, it's like, ah, worldview, whatever, you know? Like worldview, I could care less. But once I got to college, I actually was blessed to be able to go to a Christian college. I realized worldview is the biggest thing. The biggest thing. Your, whole, your worldview determines if you are going to spend eternity in hell or heaven. I kid you not, that is how important it is. And I used to think that there were just facts, you know, straight facts. Look at the facts, and let's come to a conclusion. But that's not even true. The way that you look at the facts based on your worldview, you can have two different, two people with totally different worldviews, but same exact facts, and they will come to different conclusions, and they could even be vastly different conclusions and then you can get them to try to debate each other and the words that they're using don't even have the same definitions i mean even out here in california like you say the word christian and it 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 has a very different connotation than it does even back home like a good person would be considered a christian like it doesn't matter you know what your denomination is if you believe in a god you're you know christian oh that means that you're a good person no and you have morals Um, so yeah, I just thought that this passage was really, really interesting in that respect. Let's continue on before I keep laughing. (laughs) But he who is joined with all the living has hope for a living dog is better than a dead lion. This is a really interesting, interesting verse. Um, for the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing and they have no more reward for the memory of them is forgotten. So Job I'm thinking about job here and then also so Solomon here in Ecclesiastes flips back and forth a lot. Um, I know Job says something like it would be it would have been better if I had never even been born. Um, I believe that even Solomon has some negative things to say. I've been doing this series over a couple months so I'm not super sure don't quote me on that but basically he's flip-flopping again and not in a bad way we all we all have to like wrestle with these thoughts but he's saying you know what? basically it's better to be alive than to be dead okay at the end of the day and I don't know about you guys but sometimes like life can be super super hard and I hope that none of you are at the point where you know you're just wishing that it would all be over that's never a good position to be in and I just I know that there are probably people listening that have had those thoughts before and I know that that can be super super hard to just keep to continue going. Um but listen, it is so good to be alive because the living have hope. Now that doesn't mean people in heaven don't have hope. Don't get me wrong, but like wh- while we are alive, we have a chance to do big things for God. While we are alive, we are storing up treasure in heaven. We are loving other people. We are kind of creating our eternity in a way. Like once we get to heaven, it's set, you know, like we can't go back, we can't do things we wish we had done, we can't not do things we wish we hadn't done, it's set. So right now we still have hope. We have we're not in a stasis. We can change, we can move, we can adjust, we can grow, we can fail, we can live, learn, love, we can do all these different things. And once you die, yes we will be forever with God, which is an amazing in and of itself. But we we won't have that chance to redo our lives. And I I don't know if it was my I don't know who said this, but there was someone and this has kind of haunted me. They said something like I think there's a reason that in the Bible in Revelation it says that and there shall be no more tears and crying. Because I believe that there are going to be a lot of tears when God is judging us because we'll realize that there are so many things that we could have done, so many missed opportunities. And we might just have to grieve those before he finally wipes the tears away from our eyes, you know. Um, it's an interesting thought. So this says, The living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. That is so creepy to me. I, I think I have a blog post or a poem or something that I'm just like, it's so weird to me to think that one day, you know, if, if Jesus doesn't come back, there will be people that will never have even known that I stepped foot on the earth and there I'd like to believe that for you know the rest of all of time maybe (laughs) there will I will have left an impact you know like I don't know because of because of me saying something to someone you know they end up getting saved in a couple years and then their kids are you know saved and then their kids and their kids and their kids and it just and I have that tiny little ripple effect but people still might I mean people definitely won't know my name in a hundred years and that's okay (laughs) It says, their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have nowhere to share in all that is done under the sun. That's exactly what I was talking about. Um, in a way, it'll be, you know, nice because, like I said, envy will have passed away, all the negative things that we have to deal with, but also positive things will have, you know, passed away. So let's enjoy life while we have it right now, and I, I definitely need to do better at doing this. I know it can be really... It can be really tempting to just kind of exist and to go and I feel like I'm just existing and going right now I just have no drive I don't know what happened I graduated college and like I love my job um, and I just I love going in every day but that it kind of feels like my purpose right now and I know that I need a bigger purpose outside of that for sure I don't think that's healthy so what are we supposed to do because all of this is gonna perish right So what should we do? Because all of this is going to perish, right? Well, Solomon says, go, eat your bread with joy. Guys, I will always eat my bread with joy. <laughs> I went gluten-free for like a couple months and then I went gluten-free for like a year on and off. And it just, it. more power to you guys if you can do it. It did me more harm than good, actually. Like I'm a bread of war. It's okay. Um, And drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Okay. This is one of those things that people are going to take out of context. And I am not going to touch the issue of wine here. I honestly... I've really come to the point where I believe that drinking is a very personal opinion. Um, I personally do not drink because I actually have an anti-inflammatory disease. And so it just... Drinking is going to cause more problems than do good. And also, I personally just do not believe that it is wise, especially as a single woman, you know, to be drinking. But that's just my personal opinion. And I have plenty of friends who drink. And i that's between you and God. So, anyway, I think the point here is it's, it says God has already approved what you do. Ooh, this is kind of one of those verses that, like, kind of can give you a bad feeling at first. The thing I think we always have to approach with these verses is we are reading the Bible and God is saying these things to a mature Christian. So God has already proved what you do. Let's be mature. Let's be mature and say God has already approved what I do. That does not include doing reckless things, evil things, things against the Bible, things that aren't wise. Like, come on. Why on earth would God give us commands only to approve us breaking them. That that makes no sense. So let's not abuse Bible verses, use them out of context, try to get away with things. I never think we should be trying to get away with things, trying to make scripture fit our perspective, which is hard. I get it. I, I've i been there. I've done things that I'm like, I know I shouldn't do this, but like, you know, whatever, grace, and I can be forgiven for this later, and I don't really want to not. But you know what, God has really been God has really been touching me about self-control and how important that is, exercising it in your life and just being able to say no to things sometimes. And even even if it's not necessarily a bad thing, just being able to say no because you need to exercise that muscle. So the next verse says, Let your garments always be white, let not oil be lacking on your head. Um, so these are actually symbols of God's comfort, or I'm um, sorry, that that refers to the wine. Drink your wine is a symbol of God's comfort. That's, that's kind of an important note. I wrote this in my Bible. I'm just reading them now. Um, Let not oil be lacking on your head. So oil often means in the Bible joy or purity. It symbolizes it. Enjoy life with the wife, um, husband in our case. Whom you love all the days of your vain life... <laughs> that sounds really negative. I don't think that, like, that word means what... what? I don't think that when they interpreted it, that's the way that it was meant to be. But Because it sounds kind of, like, snarky. But um all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. So enjoy the good things in life, guys. And I touched on this on the last episode just... Living a full life and the importance of not, not, uh, cheating yourself out of a good life. I know that can be so hard because, it just. I know that I feel like I'm in a stasis so many times, and I'm just like things aren't gonna get better. It's just I'm just. It's just gonna have to be like this. Don't cheat yourself out of a good life. Like make goals for yourself. Have something that brings you joy. You know, do the hard things that are good things though. Um, and just, I think it's so important that we live a life that we're proud of. A life that, because God wants us to be joyful. He does not want us to be, I mean, read Acts. These people are getting beaten and, you know, shipwrecked and put in prisons. And I get this feeling of such joy just from reading their words. It's crazy, the amount of joy. Read The Hiding Place. These people were abused by evil, terrible Nazis. And, but they still were so joyful. And so, if they can be joyful, then surely we can too. And we can make the best out of whatever situation we're in. We can find joy. We can live our best life. Because at the end of the day, we only have one life. We only have one life. And it is such a gift. And so many people just don't see it that way. And it's so, so sad. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Oh my goodness. The amount of times that this was quoted to me as a child. And I just love this verse. I think this verse will carry me throughout the rest of the week, which rest of the week only means tomorrow because today's Thursday. Um, My friend is flying in tomorrow night, and so I'm just like, get to that. and Get to that because then we have a long weekend for Memorial Day. But um, I think that that, if I can be totally honest with you guys, I feel like, so, so the homeschool that I did was really, really intense, and then the college that I went to was super hard too, so... I have this standard of excellence that I think has been so vital to who I am as a person. So now, and I don't want to say 100% of the things I do, I do like with all my might because that is 100% not true, but I do feel like the majority of things that I do, I do it with all my might. I don't do a halfway, I do above and beyond. I make sure that it's done with excellence because of, like, I represent my family. I represent my school. I represent God and Christianity, especially out here, which is, like, super terrifying but also so, so humbling and cool. So do everything 100%. Don't, don't, I, I know for a while, this really ticked me off as, a, as, like, a teenager. There was this thing going around where it was just popular to always be like, Oh, I'm so lazy, you know, like, oh my goodness, I just love sleeping, I don't want to get off of the couch, I don't want to do anything, and it was like the cool thing to say and do. That's not cool. We should be doing 100% of life with 100% of effort, and and I really, truly believe that. I, and if y'all want to get a job, start doing 100% now, because I'm telling you, it, it sets you apart from the workforce. There are not a lot of people that, you know, want to put in 100% of their hours. There's not people that want to give 130% of what's expected, you know, or even 100% of what's expected. So doing all that you can with all your might, that sets you apart. Like, this is good work advice, family advice, friend advice, life advice right here. Thank you, Solomon. It says there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to, where, to which you are going. That's like the afterlife. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all, for man does not know his time. Like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. Now, you can see the glass is half empty or half full, and here I choose to see it half full because... Yeah, the race might not be to the swift, but like I, I am not a runner. <laughs> so this is good news to me. Um, the battle is not to the strong. I'm definitely not strong. Bread is not to the wise. I'm going to go with probably not wise. Riches is not to the intelligent. Favor is not to those with knowledge. Time and chance happen to all. So basically, you know, in life, which I think this is interesting. Um, so there is no one way. To do anything I feel like. Um, I immediately as I said that I, I felt like there's some people are going to be able to take that out of context but you guys know what I mean. So if there was one way to lose weight everyone would be buying the program. Like the thing is we're all different. We have different body types, different lifestyles, different activities, different health histories, different a thousand bajillion things and we're all going to commit at different levels and do different types of exercise and it's just it's honestly a mess. So there's not one thing. There's not one nutrition plan that's going to make you better. There's not one life path like, hey, if you do, you know, one, two, three, four, five, you're going to have a successful life. And like that, like, just because you're fast doesn't mean you're going to win the race. Just because you're strong doesn't mean you're going to win the battle. And I think that's a positive thing because, because we can always expect that there's going to be like a 50-50 chance that things are going to turn out. Like, I know at the end of the day, God controls everything, but let's be positive, right? Like, things might look really, really bad, but, you know, just because things look bad, that doesn't mean that they're going to turn out bad. Because life is just goofy sometimes. I mean, the amount of times I've been like, oh, this and this has happened, so therefore it makes sense that this would happen and this and this. And I'm also like a writer, and so sometimes I feel like I can see plot twists, but then God is like, lol, and that none of that happens, and the total opposite happens. So life is an adventure too that way. It would be boring if we could just expect like, oh, that person's the strongest, I might as well not even try. Like, you never know. And I also talked in my last podcast about my whole issue with, I'm a very much like I can't person, which is terrible. I know. And most people would not expect that because I don't know, I guess a lot of people feel like I give off the facade of being good at everything, which is just, that is like a hundred percent not true. I, I fail a lot and I fail at a lot of things and I don't put enough effort to actually be good at a lot of things, but it is a nice facade to have. So, um, yeah, I mean, The children of man are sneered in evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. We never know when our days are going to be ended, so we might as well try. Go do the thing. Go get the thing. Go do the things. Live life to the fullest. So let's keep on going with Solomon. I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yes, little poor wise man. Yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. Whoa. So in our world, a lot of things are valued and definitely, you know, strength, good looks, um, those are valued. Wisdom, like, who Who cares, right? Um, I mean, um. I heard someone once say that he would ask young people, you know, what characteristic do you want to have? And no one said wisdom. Like, and I would never say wisdom. That's like, no, that is not at the top of my list. And yet wisdom, God, God says that is so important. I mean, I feel like all of Proverbs is about wisdom. There's a whole book of the Bible dedicated to wisdom. So it makes sense that we should, you know, devote a little time and energy to it. Wisdom is better than might. You never know when wisdom might actually get you out of a pickle versus might. Sometimes we can't just throw things at stuff. We can't, you know, blow them up. We can't run fast enough or hard enough. We just, we're going to have to be wise in it, the situation. And I think that's huge for life. A lot of times your circumstances are not going to change. It's you who's going to have to change. And I know, I know we hate hearing this. I, I always hate hearing this when I'm in a trial. I'm like, can you please not say that? mrs perky pants you know like well you're gonna have to change because i just really do not feel like changing and i do not feel like accepting that this situation is going to stay the same and yet it most often does the words of the wise heard and quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools Ooh, this is i really like this because i've had to work on not talking too much and like talking over people i i mean even gossiping gossiping is really really hard and as, you know, like a teenager, oh my goodness, I was such a gossip. And it's still, it's so hard. I love talking about other people. Like, and that that's not to say that every time you talk about someone you're gossiping. But it's, it's a lot of fun, right? Let's be real. And yet we are to be quiet and not obnoxious and loud and, I don't know, you know <laughs> So back when I was younger, like, when you like a guy, it's the most important thing in the world. And you're just loud, hoping to get his attention, blah, blah, blah. And now I see, I see, you know, like, teenagers or, you know, middle schoolers doing it. I'm like, ooh, that was me. Oh, big yikes. Like, the cringiest moment of ever. I'm like, it's so obvious that, like, she's trying to get him to pay attention to her and he's, either oblivious or he's like, oh my goodness, she's so annoying. And even my brothers have said this before. They're like, wow, she's so loud and obnoxious. I'm like, you know, they were trying to get your attention, right? And they're just like, what? Like, no, that, that's for real. So yeah, I, I really, that's a good reminder for me personally, because again, I I really want to be a listener. One of the biggest compliments I ever got was when I worked at a camp two years ago and my campers would tell me all the time that I was such a good listener and I was like okay that was one of my biggest things that I specifically wanted to improve on that summer because yeah I just I want to listen you always learn more listening than you do talking let's be real it's just a thing all right and then finally wisdom is better than weapons of war but one sinner destroys much good wow what a sentence to end on Wisdom is better than weapons of war. I, It's very, very true. I mean, I would rather be with a wise person because they're going to be able to know how to get out of the situation. And this just, again, emphasizes the value that God puts on wisdom and not just strength and might. And one sinner destroys much good. Darkness is very, very powerful. And yet we always have to remember that light is stronger than darkness. And I love the example that You know, if you're in a, like, in the shadows and you have a flashlight, like, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be a little brighter. But if you're in a pitch black room, like, so the darker your atmosphere gets and your environment gets, the brighter the light source. And that has really stood out to me. Um, So always be a light. Always stand up for that. Yes, it may look like evil is winning, but it's not. Good is winning. Good is way more powerful than evil. Um and, and I think this is even a warning to not engage in just, you know, a little bit of evil, right? Because it's gonna become all-consuming. It grows on us like fungus, like vines, and it it you know wrangles all the goodness out of us. So don't entertain any little sin. Go to God, ask him, you know, what what's keeping you from him? Is there any sin that you need to be working on? Uh, this is... Honestly, I feel like I am one of the... I feel like I have so many blind spots. I, I kid you not. I have to pray about this when I remember. And I'm just like, God, I don't know why I'm so unaware of my own sin. I don't know. Uh, am I just really that oblivious? But this is a good reminder for me too that I need to be aware of the little sin in my life that is... Because even you know, last year I was like, why do I feel so crappy? And then I realized I had been harboring bitterness and it just, it had grown into every area of my life, every. And it just started with, you know, a thought. And then every day I would think about it and then it just became second nature. And I was a hundred percent oblivious, a hundred percent. If you had come up to me the day before I went to this camp and, you know, heard these messages and asked, are you better? I'd be like, no, are you kidding me? But after, you know, hearing all these things and, and really work on my heart, I was like, oh, yeah, it's still in there. And it's actually really, really all through everything in my life. So, so that is Ecclesiastes 9, you guys. We only have three more episodes. Yep, we'll be doing 10, 11, and 12. Um, so I'm going to be needing some like topic ideas because I'm not going to have this, you know, um, this passage to be commenting on anymore. I'm really excited to get into doing that. I kind of want to do, you know, like a couple topical ones and then sometimes switch to just commentating through a passage because, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just so, so good, so rich. And I love talking about this. I I, It's literally like a devotional for me. I'm just talking. I have a couple notes. I didn't even really look at them this time, though. I'm just kind of talking off my head because I'm really tired and probably need to go to bed. But, um, yeah, so guys, thank you again so much for listening. I kid you not, every single, each and every one of you that are listening to my voice right now, thank you so much. It means the world to me that I can be sitting here saying things and you guys are just being encouraged. Um, it, like, I mean, doing ministry stuff like, oh, beloved one, can be lonely and it can be very quiet and, like, am I bearing any fruit? Like, what in the world? So, Just knowing that one person is listening to a podcast episode and thinking about it and meditating on it, huge. Huge. So thank you guys so much. And I will talk to you guys on our next podcast episode, which we'll probably be talking about, Ecclesiastes 10. And until next time, remember, guys, you are beloved by the king of the universe.